Hello and welcome to the RE Church Podcast. My name is Katie Rose Bodette and I am your host today. Uh, Our normal host, John Burnell, is off getting married. So you get me today. Yahoo! So excited. I am joined today by a special guest, Julie Hills, and we are going to be doing an all-girl discussion about this past Sunday's sermon in This Together by Tom Wilson. So with that, let's hop into the discussion. Well, hello, Julie. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you. So for our listeners who do not know you, I want to tell a little bit about you. Um, You just are so crazy skilled. I mean, you play guitar, you sing, you have an awesome blog, you create greeting cards, stickers, magnets. Basically, my wardrobe is yours because you made half the t-shirts that I wear. Um, You take amazing pictures. I mean, the list goes on and on. and I want to tell everyone online that our, our, list, our listening community um, how Julie and I know each other. It's been like five or six years, I think. Um, and so I basically just got to see her on stage every Sunday. And I was like, who is that cool girl? I need to know her. Um, and Nick and I, my husband, Nick and I, kind of, we got married. And then we were like, man, we really just want some community and um that kind of the Lord just just definitely provided her and her husband, and it's been a cool five years. We've inherited many things. Um, one day I was having a really hard day. I remember Julie, you left uh, a stuffed animal snake on our doorstep, who is now a <laughs> beloved um, part of our family, Tesla the snake. Mm-hmm. Um, you've given me numerous things, like a coffee cup that says "awkward is my specialty." That's yeah, I love that coffee mm-hmm. cup. Amongst many other things, and guys, like, Julie is my one friend that brings out the weirdest parts in me, so I apologize (laughs) for anything that's going to come out today. We've been quarantined, and this is the first time we're actually hanging out in, what, five or six months. And we're still separated by microphone. Right. So it could get crazy up in here. Who knows? Who knows? But so Julie is awesome. She's that friend that you want to have in your corner rooting for you. And she does just that. And so I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about herself and then we'll dig into the discussion. Awesome. Okay. So um, a few things about me. I met Jesus when I was 15. I thought I was a Christian um, before that just because I was an American. (laughs) (laughs) And then I learned who he was. Um, I met my husband at 18. Um, We got married eight days after we graduated college. And he's been going to reclamation pretty much since elementary school. And I started going in college with him. So um, I've been singing with reclamation for about 16 years. And the first time I sang, I'll tell you a little secret. (laughs) I ended up back in the audience holding the microphone. I was so freaked out. I kind of like blacked out but I was able to walk. I don't know what happened, but (laughs) I begged them for years to be able to just sing in the closet. They said it wouldn't happen. And I'm like, it's a wireless mic. I can go anywhere. So (laughs) I love it. It's our home. Um, We've been married for 14 years. We tried for babies for about eight years. And about two years ago, peace just really fell over our home. So Mm -hmm. it's just us and the dogs. And I love it. Our two dogs. Lucy and Coda. Shout out. Yep. So I'm an assistant principal during the day. And then at night, I have a few hats. So um, the blog, my new shop, photography, dog mom, all the things. So I stay pretty busy. Yes, absolutely. And just a shout out, you guys go to juliehills.com. 
you will thank me later. Okay. There's so much cool stuff there. Well, awesome. So um, last Sunday, we heard Tom speak on biblical community in our series, In This Together. And so I kind of want to open up the discussion today and ask you um, your thoughts on describe the idea of biblical community and how it's different than just regular community. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think our best example of this is uh, found in Acts 2, if we look at the end of the chapter, 42 to 47. Um, So what happened before that is the Holy Spirit fell in this building of about 185 people, and there are tongues of fire on top of them. The windstorm is coming through. Like, this is a huge thing happening at Pentecost. Um, Peter preaches his first like bomb sermon. 3,000 people are baptized on the spot. And just the fire and the passion um, for new believers is just like, you know, you can just sense it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where we see kind of the best community emerge out of that biblical community. Um, The people are following the apostles teaching. It says their hearts are mutually linked to each other. They're sharing in communion. They're coming together regularly. Um, But my favorite part is the verse after that. So verse 43, it says a deep sense of holy awe swept over them and they performed miracles, signs and wonders. So because they were so unified and they had biblical community, that deep sense of holy awe came over them. Um, So it's just, I think, the most beautiful example. You'll hear a lot of people talk about like an Acts 2 church. What does that mean? Well, this is kind of our best example. Um, We can go beyond just having common interests to eating together, praying over each other, um, following the teaching and pushing each other um, to grow. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Okay, so moving right along. um, Next question Tom mentioned three different kinds of friends in his sermon. Uh, one of those, and, and it's all centered around David, the b- biblical character. Uh, so there was Jonathan, Nathan, and Samuel. So I want you to choose your favorite, and why is that person your favorite? Okay, so Katie Rose and I both did BSF last year together. If you have not heard of BSF.org, Bible Study Fellowship, it is an amazing um, Bible study program yes, that's international. Yes. So we really got deep on the life of David um, over a year, and it was amazing. Um, so reading about, you know, David and Jonathan's friendship, there's just nothing like it. And um, just if you find a Jonathan, like, do not let them go. Yeah, get because, that covenant. Yeah, that is a once-in-a-lifetime, grab them and hang on. Um, but I have to go with Samuel. And what I love about the story of Samuel is if you look back before he was the person who anointed David and found him and chose him. Well, God chose him, but you know what I mean? Um, We look back at the story, you know, if Hannah had not prayed, Samuel would not have been born. Um, And then she had to keep her word to offer him back to the church. She prayed and asked, you know, Father, please give me a baby. Please give me a child. I'll give him back to you. He can serve you in the church. Um, And then she was obedient to that. And then Eli is in the church and he Um, is obedient to his call to mentor him and teach Samuel how to listen for the voice of God. Um, So if he had not been obedient to that, then Samuel would not have become a prophet who anointed David. So what that shows me is just all of us have to um, live in community to really pull things out of each other. And we're not just isolated on these little islands fulfilling our call from the Lord. Like it's, we're in this together. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love that. And it's such a, like a, 
ripple effect too because if if Hannah would not have prayed the way that she did who knows who knows mm-hmm. like how the story would have unfolded and and David is in the line of Christ which is just crazy to to think of like oh, he'd gosh. still be hanging out with the sheep that's right yeah way to go Samuel yes Samuel for BFF yep. I love it <laughs> Um, okay, so next question. Uh, you have lived around 30 years, give or take. You're nice. <laughs> what has been the most needed time for a community or uh, what stage stages did community mean the most to you? Like looking back, was there a time in your life that you said like, man, if I would have just had community then, it would have changed, changed my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been seasons that we've had community and we needed it and then seasons we needed it and didn't have it. So I'll kind of address both of those. Um, with our marriage, you know, the first few years when you really need a mentor couple, um, I don't think we really had that. I can't remember one that that was our person, you know, these are our people that we are modeling our marriage after. And, you feel like all of these issues you're going through with your spouse, you're the only one and there's something wrong with us. Really, everyone has probably been through that. You need someone. Um, I didn't have that. And so, um, but there were times that I did have that. So when we were walking through infertility, um, you know, there were about eight years there where um, I needed community. And if you have dealt with infertility, I can promise you, you've got to get plugged in to a strong biblical community. Um, It's very isolating when you see all of your friends just having babies just by glancing the right way. (laughs) Um, And then going to baby shower after baby shower and putting on the face. And um, there is an incredible community that I would love to just mention real quick if I can. Absolutely. Um, If you've met me for like five minutes, I probably have talked about Moms (laughs) in the Making. Um, It's momsinthemakinggroup.com and they literally changed my life. Um, cause it's, it wasn't just around fertility. Um, it was really, they got me at the heart level and they taught me that if my heart wasn't right and if Jesus was not the main thing I was after, it didn't matter if my journey ended a ba- it ended in a baby or not. Um, because I would still be disappointed, hurt and broken after I met my baby. Yeah. Um, so if you are walking through infertility and you are not plugged into a biblical community around this, I just can't um, recommend it enough. So we have a conference every October and there are um, virtual and in-person groups that meet internationally. So there are groups all the way from Canada to Mexico to Germany and everywhere in between um, and lots of virtual options if you would prefer that. That is so cool. So no matter if you're listening right now, like our church is in Plano, Texas, but if you're in California, there's a moms in the making group there. Like you can get plugged in and I love that. Such a good organization. And then the other thing I would mention around the marriage, you know, there was a time that we didn't have that community. And then there was a time that we did. So Katie Rose and Nick, um, a few years ago, they came to us and just said, do you want to just get together and just talk about marriage? We're like, sure. So our life group kind of, um, was created organically and God brought five couples together, and our prayer was so specific. We had been praying for years. I'm sure they had been, too, of just finding people that were in the same season of life who live nearby, and we live about half an hour from the church. So the fact that God brought five couples together that lived half an hour away <laughs> was just crazy, and it's been a, an amazing two years to kind of grow to together. God. Yes, and that was I mean, gosh, we had just, I remember this, we had just gotten married and I told Nick, like, 
like you're great and everything, but we need other people. <laughs> like I need somebody to help me through. Just like you're saying, those first couple years of marriage are really tough because you're so used to your own way. Mm-hmm. Then you're thrown into the mess of a house or apartment or it's small living space with this seemingly stranger. Like you don't yeah. know them. And then you're like, but love them forever and be gracious and humble and kind. <laughs> and you're like, but the trash can does not stay outside. It goes under the sink. What the heck? So yeah, thus the Lord gave us Brian and Julie Hills and our, our small group. And that was really seriously an answered prayer for us as well. Big time, big time. Awesome. Um, so next question, um, kind of along those same lines, um, Tom mentioned on Sunday, one of his points was the right relationship can change the trajectory of your life. So have you ever experienced a relationship like this that has totally changed the trajectory of your life and your faith? Yeah, I'm nodding like you guys can see that. Um, Yeah, I have a lot. I've been blessed with a lot of friends that um, have helped to guide me in my my faith and in my walk. Um, but one that really just sticks out to me is my friend, Brittany, who lives near Portland. We met on Instagram um, <laughs> through a friend, Kelsey, from Moms in the Making. We met in October, and instantly we just noticed the Jesus inside of each of us, and we were really drawn to each other. Um, so we became kind of Insta besties pretty quickly. <laughs> and um, in November, she gave me a prophetic word, which I know that you know, it might be kind of confusing to some people, but she spoke prophetically over me, which all that means is that she called out the gold that she saw inside of me. Um, and she spoke the words that God were, was giving her to me, um, as if they were already true. So, um, what she told me was God is using you to throw out seeds to the right soil. And by soil, um, she's talking about from Matthew 13, there are four types of soil that can cover someone's heart. Um, The first one is the beaten path. This is a person who hears, but they don't understand. So the seed never sinks in. Um, People with gravel over their heart. This person, the heart gladly hears, but there are shallow roots. So when troubles come, they forget what was sown and it can't grow. Um, Weeds sometimes cover the heart. Um, This is someone who receives the message, but they're busy or they have a divided heart or they have wealthy ambitions. So the message just gets suffocated under all of those layers and they never bear fruit. Um, And the last is good, rich soil. And these are not my words. This is all Jesus. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Still so relevant today. Yes. Um, The good, rich soil. This is the heart that hears and embraces the message. And the word grows to bear fruit up to a hundred times what was sown. So that's just incredible to me that um, when our heart is in the right condition, the soils are in the right condition and um, the right foundation has been laid fruit can grow a few years later. So Mm -hmm. some of us get really discouraged because we're thinking nothing's happening. Like, okay, I read the Bible. I'm not, nothing changed, you know, like it takes time. Um, So we have to remember that it takes two or three years for a plant to bear fruit. And the same thing I think happens in our hearts. Yes. Um, So God is cultivating the soil and preparing it. So what she was saying, um, what God wanted to say through her to me was that um, he would use me and my words, mainly through my blog, to throw out seeds to the right soil. Um, She said, he is putting right-soiled people in front of you to influence. So it may not be that I have 10,000, 20,000 people to influence, 
but the right people would hear it um, because they have the fourth type of soil, good, rich, healthy soil that's willing to hear the message, embrace it, let it soak in um, and cultivate there. Um, so the last thing she said to me was, you are responsible for the seed. He will take care of the soil. So basically she was encouraging me not to grow weary and to continue spreading seeds of the word. Um, and I've seen this word come to life so many times since then. Like my life has changed drastically since I met her in October. When did she give you that Mm -hmm. prophetic word? That was was in November. Okay. So I met her in October. And if you know how much things have changed in my life yes. since then. Yes. Um, oh so my it's been kind of crazy. <laughs> um, and so some of the women that I, I know that have been impacted by the seeds that I've thrown out in my blog, some of them are bearing fruit and some of them have pretty flowers right now. Yeah. So we know that flowers kind of come first and then the fruit um, is, is um, grown from that. So... Um, I think, you know, some some of the other things that have changed in my life since I met her, I actually got to meet her in March, a few days before COVID right kind before of exploded. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got to go to Portland, spend a few days, and it was just the most heavenly afternoon, literally. I mean, the weather was perfect. We're outside in her beautiful field, and we just spent hours on her porch kind of sharing what was on our hearts. And as Holy Spirit was giving us things to say to each other, to encourage each other, I mean, it was just amazing. Um, And something really big that emerged out of our friendship was Brittany's idea of the Psalm Project. So um, if you have, you know, kind of been following us around for a little while, you've heard of the Psalm Project. We started it in January. And um, this was her idea just to get women back into the Psalms. So yeah. The Psalms are um, a book of the Bible. There's 150 of them. They're um, songs and poems, just lyrics to express what's happening in different seasons of our life. Um, And so some of them are really joyful and rejoicing about what God has done. And some of them is like, here it is. Yes. Laying it out. Let me tell you how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And just totally real. Um, So we had about 100 women around the country reading with us. Um, And then COVID hit and I built a business. And so I've kind of slacked personally, but I do want to finish reading all 150 of them this year. That was my goal. Um, I think I'm on number 71. All right. Yeah. I'm actually doing the chronological Bible in a year. Thanks to Foof, who, by the way, I forgot to mention, if you're like, who the heck is Foof? I call Julie Foof and I I'm actually going to let you tell it. We're going to sidetrack for just a second because it wouldn't be us if we didn't. So tell the listeners what is Foof. Katie Rose is the only one who calls me Foof. (laughs) But um, my nickname for my nephews was supposed to be Aunt Juju for Julie. But my youngest or my oldest nephew was not able to say Juju. So he said Fufu. So it turned into Fufu. And I just want to keep it that way. And Katie Rose is allowed to call me Foof. I claimed it right then and there. I said, I'm your nephew, your third nephew. Why not? So anyways, Foof introduced me to the Chronological Bible. And right now I'm in the Psalms. And it's just so crazy each day how you can go from Psalm to Psalm and just like literally feel what the writer is saying. And it just reminds me that God is there and he wants to hear everything. He wants to hear when you're mad, when you're sad, when you're happy, Mm -hmm. all of the details. It's just so encouraging. Yeah. So 
to answer the question in a very long roundabout way, <laughs> um, the right relationship can change the trajectory of your life. Yes. I mean, um, besides the Psalm project, I mean, Brittany's influence on my life and the words that she spoke over me have also impacted the business that I built. I don't think I would have been as risky or taken as many, you know, just taken these ideas and just did it because yeah. I was somebody who I just want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, just do it. And, and she's also somebody who will be really honest with me. Um, she doesn't try to sugarcoat it. If she loves it, she loves it. If she doesn't like it, nope, I don't like she that. She tells you how it is. Mm-hmm. So that. I think we need that for sure. Yes, absolutely. And you just said like a note in Tom's sermon, he said, we all need a person who will tell it how it is. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> got to give a shout out. I have one of those people in my life I'm married to. And I love Nick for this. I joke to him. I'm like, it feels like you're always the devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I tell a story, he is doing it out of just his love for me. And again, we need that person in our lives just to tell it how it is. And so I thank the Lord every day for bringing into my life Nicholas Baudet. Absolutely. I feel like our husbands might be the same people. Absolutely. Um, You know, so, uh, I feel this. I think Julie and I were separated twins at birth mm-hmm. because we were born only three days and some years apart. We're just going to go with three days. Yes. We just celebrated our half birthdays, too. Mm-hmm. Shout out. <laughs> Katie Rose is way deep into the half birthday <laughs> celebration. I love the half she birthday loves celebration. It. Yes. So good. Okay. So next question is, what advice can you give our listeners who are searching for community? So if I'm, you know, just a person listening to this podcast randomly, um, how do I get that community that you're talking about? Because it sounds real good. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've been really blessed with just the infertility community that I have found. But yeah, I mean, thinking about we need community beyond that, too. Right. Like people that aren't married need community. People that have kids need community. Um, I wish everyone had this experience um, that I've had in the fertility community. But um, some of the things I mean, there's a lot. Oh, my gosh. But um, some of the things I would say is it really starts with within your own heart. So before you can branch out to um, be built up or to build up others in community, you have to be secure in your own foundation with the Lord. So um, we have to know the voice of God. And if we don't know his voice, we could unknowingly walk into relationships that are not going to direct us back to Jesus. Um, So how do we know the voice of God? We have to read his word. And as you're reading, we take note of the character of God. What is he like? Um, That's what helps us find those traits in our friends. Um, so I just want to encourage you, if you're only reading on Sundays during your pastor's sermon, you are spiritually starving. And I can say that because I have lived seasons like that, um, seasons of starvation and seasons of fullness. And in every season, my relationships and friendships directly correlated with the amount of time I spent reading the word. So when I was reading and I was growing in my faith, I naturally was drawn to people who were doing that also. And the times in my life where I was not reading and I just assumed I knew what the Bible said, then I was being led by other people. Um, The second thing I would say is it's okay to set boundaries. Um, So when we know the Holy Spirit's voice, we now have a compass to gauge the advice of others. Um, So I have some friends who know him and some that don't. And every now and then I'll talk about something and they will give me their lovely advice. Um, And so 
then I'm reminded, oh yeah, you don't know Jesus. <laughs> and so I can't listen to this advice. Um, so sometimes you'll have people say things like, oh, just cut them off. You don't need that. Or just tell them you're at work, you know, small, tiny little lies, um, or just take it. It's fine. And so these might not be big things like go have an affair or commit murder. Usually it's very small compromises of character. Um, so if we don't know the voice of God, we can be led into community with people that are leading us the wrong way. Um, and Tom mentioned Proverbs thirteen twenty in his sermon this week. And my version of this is walk with the wise, you become wise, walk with idiots, you will suffer harm. Um, so how do we know who we are, are walking with? Are we walking with wise or idiots? Yeah. Um, we have to walk with Jesus first because he is full wisdom, even though Solomon, okay, he was fine. He was cool. Like he was the smartest person that ever lived besides Jesus. Until us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Until yeah. the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding. Um, um, so when, you know, when God is first place and we know his voice, we know how he talks, we know how he loves, we know how he serves, then we can start recognizing these traits in our friends. And so when I see Jesus in someone, it is so attractive and my spirit is like screaming, like, yes, this is someone I want to invest in. And so that's kind of what the boundaries are that I'm talking about. Um, we don't have to spend time building relationships with people that are going to lead us to suffer harm. You know, which way do you want to go? Um, and so the next thing I would say is be willing to be vulnerable with the right people. So we don't want to be vulnerable with people that are going to lead us astray. Right. Um, we want to be vulnerable with our, you know, godly besties that have, you know, the same kind of spirit within them that we do. Um, we have to listen for his voice, know his voice, set those boundaries, and then we can open up. And so vulnerability really opens the doors for deeper relationships. But we have to guard our heart to make sure that we're being vulnerable with the right people. Yes, I yeah. love that. That is so good. Yeah. So good. So um, for those of you who do not know myself or Julie, um, so I am an extrovert to the core. And uh, Julie, you're not, right? Uh, no, I'm the exact opposite. You're, you're introverted. So Correct. <laughs> um, if you've ever heard of the Enneagram, I am a seven to the core. Like I love parties. I love people. I'm there like on Instagram, like sign me up for all the friends, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie's kind of more in the homebody. Would you say that? Exactly. You have a shirt, right? A shirt that says homebody. Specifically yes. made for you. Yes. So, yes. Okay. So whenever we're talking about community and finding that, I mean, again, in the midst of quarantine and COVID, it's not super easy to connect mm -hmm. with people. And if you are not like me and more like, your, you know, if you're a homebody introverted, that being vulnerable, being open reaching out to people is not super easy or anything that you even want to do. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, how, how have you handled that being an introvert and a homebody of finding community? Yep. That's great. Um, so some of us get refilled by being alone and some of us get refilled by being together, right? Is kind of what you're saying. Yes. So um, I definitely could go into my little hole in the corner of my room for hours and hours and just not have any interaction. I mean, my husband's like, I really think you could survive for years being in this house. <laughs> 
if someone would just bring you food and like bathe you. Oh, that is so, my absolute worst nightmare. Your nightmare. Right there. See, yes. we're so different. Yes. I've been loving quarantine. I'm like, yes, stay <laughs> six more feet away. No hug. <laughs> you sure it wasn't 12 feet? Yeah. But yes. what's weird is, and I think there are people like this also, that's how I get refilled. But I also am, I can be very extroverted and I can, you know, really connect to different people and relationships. And I feel like I can go into a room and talk to almost anyone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just want to like pull my face down and like, oh, I'm so tired of smiling. <laughs> yeah. um, but I want to kind of start from, you know, I want to mention that after spending time with Jesus, the next person who deserves our energy is our spouse. So I have gotten this wrong so many times and I have put other people in that place and I gave all of my energy that I had left after being refilled to people online. Oh, wow. To yeah. strangers, mm-hmm. to people at work. And so I just want to mention that, that, you know, Jesus is first and then our spouse, if you're married, and then everyone else gets what's left. Um, so I just want to encourage you in that in case, you know, so your marriage doesn't have to suffer. <laughs> um, so what I was thinking is, you know, it's okay to be alone with the father. Jesus modeled this over and over. He would pour out to people and give to them, and then he would draw away to be alone with him. Yes. Um, and so the main thing for me, what I would say for people that are similar to this, um, is just being intentional about investing in the right relationships. I have long past the age where I'm willing to have a bunch of surface level friendships like mm-hmm. you do in college and high school. Right. You know, I'd rather have two or three just really deep kingdom friendships and invest time in those people. So after spending time in the word with the father and then with my husband, then these people get my energy and whatever's left at the end of the day, I will give to other people. Yes. I love that. And it's so true. And if you're listening and you're like, okay, that's, I want that start praying right now for just like Julie said, specifics on what kind of friends you want, who's going to hold you accountable, all of those things, tell it how it is. Um, But it's, I mean, maybe it'll happen the next day, but I'm going to guess it's not. I mean, Mm -hmm. we prayed for a while before we came into our kind of community and, you know, it's not perfect still. I mean, we still have hard times and there are times when I'm like, man, I just wish we could break through and talk about all of these things. But God reminds me like, well, have you broke through? you know, with me about those things. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, ouch, that hurts. It starts with your heart. Absolutely. And so it's so true. Don't think that it's going to happen overnight, but still plant those seeds, cultivate two to three years. And oh, there's good fruit for sure. For sure. Well, that is awesome. Is there anything else that you want to mention today about community? Yeah. I think the last thing on my heart is just, I would love to see people practicing being a person who stays in our culture, it just seems like it's acceptable and encouraged to leave when things get hard or this is no longer fun or happy or comfortable. Um, but relationships are hard anywhere because there are people anywhere. Yes. So there have been a few times over the last, you know, 14 years that we've been married that we're like, let's just sell everything and go move to Wyoming. <laughs> well, guess what? There's people in Wyoming too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be hard there anyway. Um, the easy thing to do is to leave sometimes. Um, but the harder thing that God is usually calling us to do is to stay and he will be with us in those hard times. So, um, if you find the right people, you hear God's voice, you see the Jesus in them and you're like, yes, this is a person I want to build community with. And then there's a roadblock. Just 
keep pushing after it, like going hard after it. It reminds me of first Peter, you know, um, when we look at first Peter, he's writing about how we're going so hard after love. We don't have time for sin or all of these other things. So find people that are doing the same thing. They're going so hard after love that we don't even have time for that because we want to bless each other so much. Yes. That is so good. Oh my goodness. You ooze wisdom. (laughs) Hopefully I don't ooze suffering, (laughs) harm and idiocy. No, no idiocy. (laughs) It is now. We We just just coined it. it. TM. That means trademark, right? Yep. Oh, look at me. Wisdom (laughs) oozing here also. Um, All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, It has been a blast and we are so This will probably be my last podcast. They'll never let me back on. (laughs) uh, Mine too. So with that, uh, we want to give a special shout out to our typical host, John Bernal. He is right now with his lovely bride. They just got married on Sunday, Erica. And so shout out to them and their beautiful bliss. But he will be back on the podcast next week. And uh, we are so looking forward to a sermon. I guess I kind of set up my own thing because I am preaching Sunday. You guys, just get ready. Yeah. Who's going to interview you? I don't know. You want to come back? Oh, I don't think they'll let me. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll ask John. (laughs) Maybe marriage will prove really good for him and he'll be super excited (laughs) for it. Uh, Well, it's been such a great time, Julie. Thanks again for coming on. And we will talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks so much for joining us today on our RE Church podcast episode for this Thursday. Um, If you are not already following us on social media, make sure to just type in re.church at Plano and find us on social media. We would love to hear from you and join us this Sunday. You guys, I'm preaching, so I'm excited to give that message. And uh, it's at Sunday at 1030 a.m. And we're so looking forward to finishing up this In This Together talking about community. So with that, we hope you guys have a great week and we hope to see you on Sunday.